John and you're at Eureka Street Crypto broadcasting live from Leander, Texas. It is 5:45 in the morning and it's April 12th, 2022. This is episode number 445. It's a Tuesday. And uh yeah, man. Um just another episode where I'm talking about crypto. Um this is my morning video blog, aka brain dump, where I just um spend a little time in the morning before my day starts to look at and talk about crypto, the entire phenomenon, what's happening in this entire web three paradigm. And uh yeah, it's all really interesting to me. So Um, I am going to go ahead and switch over here to this screen to see what's... Oh, man, wrong one. Okay, Okay, there. And here's the cat trying to bust open the door over here. Cat, get out. All right, so... um, I don't know why the cat does that. It like opens the door and then it just sits there and then it just walks off and just likes to push open the door. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, and I know it does it because he knows that it annoys me. And uh, it's not my cat, by the way. Um, I would have chosen a dog, a golden retriever or something like that. I used to have a Doberman named Tex. It was an awesome dog. Um, he wore a tie too. Um, but, uh, you know, Tex lived 12 good long years and uh, he went away to dog heaven and i haven't gotten a new dog so um next dog i'd like to get a golden retriever my wife says no too much hair but i don't care you know like we'll just we'll we'll vacuum up the hair she says she's gonna end up being the one vacuuming the hair i don't think so i'm pretty good about cleaning up around the house (laughs) oh man anyway yeah domestic domestic disputes there we go um all right, so let's see here. We have Bitcoin at $40,232.78. Um, Ethereum at $3,025.92. Everything is kind of down right now. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not giving financial advice or anything um, or even any educational advice for that matter. But, uh, you know, if you're dollar cost averaging, this is a good good time Um to maybe kind of nudge it up a little bit. Um, I certainly am. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, let's see here. Um, near protocol is 1626. That's only down 2.6%. It's up 28.9% over the past 24 hours. So, that's one that's kind of gone inverse here. Um, let's see. What else do we have that might stand out? Monero, um, that's getting a little inverse kick. It's up 11.3% in the past 24 hours, up 10% in the past seven days. So um, let's see anything else moving opposite. Um, eight coin. Okay. Um, actually, I, I saw a little video by uh, the Exodus wallet on ApeCoin, and uh, they have a lot of plans to do a lot of metaverse stuff with the ApeCoin, create all these, you know, narrative um, character animations and all types of stuff. So I don't know. 
you know, I don't necessarily, you know, love the coin, but, uh, you know, if they're dumping a bunch of money in it to try to create this entire board ape yacht club type of character verse out of it, um, it might be worth something. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, it's not really my bag, but whatever. Uh, uh, okay. All right. So anyway, I was talking about rocket pool and Lido last time, and the, both of those are Ethereum staking protocols and, uh, it takes 32 Ethereum to stake um, on Ethereum. Yeah, and that's a lot of Ethereum. It's like nearly $100,000 worth of Ethereum to stake. And well, right now it's probably about 90,000 at the value of Ethereum. But, you know, it's it's a lot of money. And uh, most people don't have 32 ETH just kind of laying around. Um, so Rocket Pool and Lido are alternatives to be able to do that. Like Rocket Pool, you have you, can, you only have to have like 0 0.01 Ethereum to stake into Rocket Pool, and you get the the you know you get the uh, R ETH back, and you can also for staking earn the um, RPL token. And I was trying to figure out well, what is the RPL token and what is the LDO token? They're both governance tokens, right? And so they give you a choice to be able to vote in their DAOs. And DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations. That's how a lot of these token communities run. They run on DAOs in which people vote using the blockchain and uh, the treasury is controlled using smart contracts and things like that and code. Um, but uh, both of those tokens give you governance. But what are the RPL token does, it kind of also acts as a staking insurance because a lot of times when you stake on a node, well, not a lot of times, it barely ever happens. It's about as common as an airplane crash. But uh, what can happen is, hold on, let me go to the actual rocket pool page. I had a, a, a there we go. Here, here's a rocket pool medium blog. And um, uh, what happens is whenever you, you stake, you're taking a risk. You know, you're putting skin in the game that that uh, node validator will behave good, will keep their node online, won't have any malintent and all types of stuff like that. Um, uh, however, nodes can get slashed. And if a node is slashed for bad behavior, then you know that you'll probably lose your tokens. And uh, that's a risk. And that's that's part of the whole idea of staking, that you do have a little bit of skin in the game um, in order to do so. And the node validators have skin in the game. Um, it may, so it generally makes them behave good. However, things happen. And um, yeah, if a node gets slashed, you could probably lose everything. Um, so what is required for these nodes operators in rocket pool is to have uh, 1.3 eth worth of rpl tokens as a backup as kind of a slashing insurance so it does have a utility so it does have that advantage over lido um all right, let's see here. With the introduction of Rocket Pool 3, there includes many months of work dedicated to refining the tokenomics of driving the protocol. A change to the token itself was required. This change was the in introduction of inflation to provide built-in incentives to motivate and drive the key players in the protocol. While some may find inflation controversial in a space surrounded by fixed supply tokens, this is absolutely necessary for any protocol that needs to reward its participants for working in the protocol's best interests. Without generating 
creating value, that value would need to be taken from somewhere else in the protocol, creating an imbalance where some participants are rewarded at the expense of others. Not a viable long-term strategy for any successful DAP or protocol. Um, all right, they're talking about inflation there. It doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. Um, so when depositing... ETH, node operators must now also deposit a minimum amount of RPL tokens to act as collateral in the case that they incur any of these penalties. Um, so yeah, here's the little diagram on about node staking here. You have the node, the validator, um, 16 ETH. Um, you can become a, a validator on Rocket Pool. So you can put down 16 ETH instead of the 32 ETH, and then you can get the other 16 ETH from the pooled Ethereum from general average people putting in 0.01 Ethereum all collected together to total the other 16 ETH. So that makes the 32 ETH required to, to stake on Ethereum. So that's how the 32 ETH is gathered. One person can be the mini pool validator with their 16 ETH, then they gather the other 16 ETH collected from everybody else, and then it creates, you know, they become the uh the validator and then they earn the rpl token uh, awards but they also have to uh, put in not only 16 eth but the 1.6 eth worth of rpl tokens to be the validator but they do earn the eth rewards and the rpl token rewards and it's it's quite significant so yeah and the rpl token has been doing very well it's like at 30 something dollars and um you know i bought it shoot it's just one of those tokens i bought like you know when it last november when it first came out and uh, november 2021 no 20 2020 yeah november 2020 is when it came out and and I bought the RPL token. I only bought like 30 of them, you know, but I bought them at like two bucks. Now they're worth 30 bucks. I mean, that's that's like $900 now versus like 60 bucks. I, you know, it's not, it ain't much, but it's honest living, you know? So anyway, when a node operator operates an amount of RPL as collateral in the form of an insurance promise, they are rewarded with RPL tokens from the generated inflation respective to the amount of collateral they provide. The minimum collateral required is currently 10% of the ETH value and capped at a maximum of 150%. This means with these new tokenomics, a good node operator can earn rewards on their own ETH, a commission in ETH and RPL rewards, and it also helps build confidence in our ETH due to the added security provided by the RPL collateral, a three-way benefit. All right, so cool, man. And then there's something else on the in the network called an Oracle node DAO, um, and I won't go too much into this, uh, but they do use the RPL token as an RPL bond. Um, so it's basically you have to be chosen by the DAO to be an, an Oracle node validator. So these du duties include uh, duties. <laughs> these duties include reporting validator balances from the beacon chain, um, RPL ETH ratios and more. However, Oracle DAO members must be motivated to perform their daily Oracle duties well and be compensated for the daily tasks of reporting validator data on chain to the smart contract so how do we do this with the new tokenomics to join this down and ensure good behavior a new member must be invited and post an additional significant rpl bond that acts as a good behavior bond should they try to act maliciously um, other dow members can propose to boot them from the dow and wipe out this bond and require so there's a lot of skin in the game if you want to be an oracle dow so this puts even more utility for the rpl token reporting daily oracle data can also be expensive so how do we make their interests align with this position that includes daily expenses? All members are 
rewarded with a portion of the RPL inflation to cover expenses and to incentivize them to maintain their position in the Dow. Should they act maliciously or just be lazy, they let their pay, they put their paycheck and notable bond position at risk. So, yeah, the RPL token has some really great um, utility but it's what they call a rebase token. And the Lido token is also a rebase token. And this is where I started getting confused because I don't know what a rebase token is. Although I've used rebase and I've bought rebase tokens, you know, with the Olympus DAO, the Clima DAO, the Hector DAO. Yeah, these are all, um, the, the, all those tokens. The, uh, what was the Olympus token? I, I, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, all these tokens are rebase token protocols and, um, yeah, the DeFi 2.0 and all that stuff, um, protocol own liquidity, and that's getting into a whole other thing. But Lido and Rocket Pool are rebase tokens. By the way, too, I looked up uh, Lido on Wikipedia. And it says, in British English, a Lido um, is a public outdoor swimming pool and surrounding facilities, a part of a beach where people can swim, lie in the sun, or participate in water sports. I didn't know that. So Lido is an Italian word for beach, forms the names of places, several seaside towns known for their beaches, such as Lido or Lido, Lido, probably Lido de Venezia. Um, So anyway, I didn't know that. Um, So it means pool, basically, which makes sense because you're staking your ether into a pool with a bunch of other people to collectively be able to stake your 32 ETH on the Ethereum blockchain. So that's where the word Lido comes from. I bet you didn't know that, or maybe you did. Um, But anyway, so let's go back to this whole rebasing thing. All right, so... What is a rebase token? So Lido is a rebase token. RPL is a rebase token. Um, Olympus is a rebase token. Hector is a rebase token. Um, Clima is a rebase token. Um, you know, like the whole Abracadabra, you know, all that stuff is a rebase token. So a rebase or an ample fourth is an old rebase token. It's one of the, like, the, I think the one of the original rebase tokens. All right, so we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Okay, so a rebase or elastic token is a currency, is a cryptocurrency whose supply is algorithmically adjusted in order to control its price. Similar to stable coins, rebase tokens are usually pegged to another asset, but instead of using reserves to maintain the peg, rebase tokens automatically burn tokens in circulation or mint new tokens. So it's not really backed by something like the dollar. Um, it, it burns and mints tokens um, in order to maintain a peg. So the supply of a rebase token can be highly volatile, but its price tends to remain steady depending on which asset it's tracking. So uh, the code behind every cryptocurrency specifies rules for the coin's supply meaning all the ways coins can be created, minted, or destroyed, burned. Um, But it is uncommon to design those rules with a specific price in mind. For example, new Bitcoin is created where miners successfully validate recent transactions. There's no other way to create Bitcoin, and there's no way to destroy the coins. Bitcoin is created. Well, yeah, I mean, really, the the coins aren't destroyed. If you lose the keys to your wallet, those coins are still technically on the chain. They're just lost coins, right? Um, So, yeah, they just kind of 
like wander off into the ether world. Um, so there's no other way to create Bitcoin and there's, there's no way to destroy these coins. Um, they, a lot of times they have what's called like a dumping wallet. Um, if people want to burn tokens, they will just dump them into this trash wallet and they'll be lost forever. Um, and you know, where they don't have the keys to it. They just, it's just a random address that nobody has the keys to. Um, so Bitcoin is created in this way to incentivize mining and control the issuance of new tokens entering circulations, but not to control the Bitcoin price. Therefore, Bitcoin isn't a rebase token. Ampleforth is an example of a rebase token. Every 24 hours, the supply of the token is adjusted with the aim of keeping its price close to $1. All right, so they do it from the other side. They adjust the supply of the token to keep its price at $1. Um, if Ampleforth's um, price rises by more than a few cents, then every wallet that holds Ample is given extra tokens in proportion to its existing holdings. That means everyone still owns the same percentage of all Ample in existence with more tokens going around fundamental economic forces will tend to drive its price back down toward the target on the other hand when the price falls below a certain threshold the opposite happens as tokens are proportionately removed from holders wallets the point is that each ample token you own will be worth roughly one dollar while the total value of all the ample tokens you own can still fluctuate wildly other tokens like RMPL and money and based money based token have aimed to improve on Ample while preserving its core appeal. So Ample remains at a dollar, but the supply, the amount of tokens you may have in your wallet is as that's the variation. And that's kind of weird to me, you know, <laughs> like your, your wallet, uh, your coin the amount of coins in your wallet could increase or decrease in order to maintain the value of that ample token at a dollar. So that's yeah, just kind of seems kind of backwards to me, but the, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is what this show's about. I'm kind of exploring some of these, these things and you know, trying to wrap my head around it. So ample forth is giving governance tokens to every wallet that ever held ample. All right, let's see here. Project leads uh, estimate over 75,000 users will be eligible to claim the new fourth governance token. Interesting. So rebasing cryptocurrency protocol Ampleforth is launching a governance token that all past and present users of price elastic Ample token are able to claim. All right, so um, Ethereum-based Ampleforth builds itself as the building block for decentralized finance projects that want to do business in a stablecoin-esque crypto. Think of a token with the censorship-resistant attributes of Bitcoin minus the volatility and the relatively the relative stability of a Tether minus the dollar reserve, um, explained Ampleforth CEO Kevin Kuo. Uh, while nowhere near as volatile as Bitcoin, hold on, let me, I just wanted to highlight that. Ample, which has no reserves, is hardly as stable as the US dollar. At the press at the press time, the coin was trading around $1.50, up from $0.86 cents at the beginning of April. Uh, the protocol trades price volatility for fluctuations in supply. Um, so when the token climbs too high above the target, target protocol, the protocol automatically adjusts it adds units to a holder's wallets. This extra supply helps deflate the process. Huh. 
Interesting. Okay, so let's go on to some more stuff here. I wanted to uh, get further into some other ideas about what token rebasing is. Here's another article at juststartinvesting.com. What is token rebasing? Um, all right, so let's see here. You might recognize rebasing from surveys. Surveys use rebasing to omit or exclude unnecessary or ambiguous data from surveys. This form of rebasing is very different from token rebasing. All right, so two concepts might share the same names, but they are two entirely different approaches. In cryptocurrency and in tokenomics, rebasing means adjusting the total supply of a circulating token to meet market demands. What this means is that the total supply of a cryptocurrency token is limitless. Those tokens do exist, but they are, are far and few. Bitcoin has a total circulating supply, like much like Ethereum and Cardano and many other top cryptocurrencies. So let's see here. Uh, when a token has no exact supply, it steers investors away from these projects. The reason why is that the reason why that's the case is because of scarcity with scarcity comes demand if there is no demand for a token because its supply is limitless then the price then then chances are the price won't go up so because of this rebase tokens are meant for short-term profits not only that rebase tokens and rebase crypto in general is akin to stable coins but the concept of stable coins and rebase tokens is also different so the whole point of stable coins is to sit at a constant price of a dollar that's not the case with token rebasing. Token rebase adjusts the total supply of a token based on market demand. If the demand for a token is greater, the rebase will increase the supply. If the demand for a token is lower, the rebase will decrease the supply. But does that affect your holdings? All right. Rebase tokens are the latest trend in DeFi. We've already mentioned this sector could be booming, right? And like I talked about with Olympus DAO, Wonderland is the other one I couldn't think about, um, Klima DAO. You know, and it, it, if you go in and you stake your tokens, you'll say like rebase you know, um, in you know, 2.5 hours or rebase in 8 hours or whatever. And it has like a little clock ticking down to when the token will rebase and you'll earn the rebase rewards, right? Uh, so... Um, Many are skeptical about it, but since these tokens adjust the total supply based on demand, it could pose a dangerous road for traders to walk on. Some of the most popular rebase tokens are Olympus DAO, Wonderland, Redacted Cartel, Klima DAO, and more. And yes, uh, this article was written, uh, when was this written? This was written on January 7th, and this was shortly before all the Abracadabra crash and Olympus started going downhill, and a lot of these rebasing tokens really just started to tank. Pretty badly right around this time so you know the, the, whoever wrote this article called it pretty well um this is a uh, kirill Ku, sorry kusulowski all right sorry if i slaughtered your name um <laughs> all right so anyway by looking at a list of these tokens and taking a closer look at the price the, their price you'll see they are far from the dollar mark yeah olympus dow got up to like eight thousand something dollars during its it's like prime now it's like down at a hundred dollars so yeah there's a big difference um it, it, you'll see that they're far from the dollar mark this is why they're, they're so different from stable coins as a matter of fact both stable coins and rebase tokens share price adjustment but they hope to achieve different things so how does rebasing work let's assume you've bought 100x tokens 100x tokens all right so 100 ohm tokens right all right, okay uh, these tokens are all a dollar each for clarity purposes in truth the price will not be a dollar and can sometimes go as high as 500 dollars. let's also assume that after buying 100 of these x tokens for 100 dollars, the price goes up by 20 percent 
That means your holdings are now $120 with a single rebase token being worth $1.2. But after a rebase, the total supply of that token is decreased by 20%, the same as the percentage of growth. Of growth. This means that 100 tokens, um, instead of 100 tokens, you have 120 tokens. So with that, your holdings are also worth $144 instead of 120 tokens. So instead of $120. Okay. So, all right. So every time it rebases, um, it, it brings it back to the original, uh, dollar amount that it wanted to be at, but you get more tokens as a result. So the next time it goes up, it goes up even more for you because you have more of those tokens. And I, I think that's kind of how it works. Cause like I, I, I have stuff, the geome staked and I have Klimadal staked that says rebase every eight hours. And it shows me how much um, of those tokens I'm going to get every time it's rebased. So every time it's rebased, I collect that little bit of amount of tokens because of what uh, uh, proportional to what I have staked in there. Okay, so um, judging by this example, you might think buying rebase tokens is a good investment, but what you're forgetting is that you also lose your investment if the price goes down. <laughs> yeah, as we've seen. Uh, for example, if the price goes down by 20%, you now have 80 tokens instead of 100. The worth of the tokens is also 20% less than the price you bought for. This, in short, is what rebase crypto is. Um, interesting stuff. So... Yeah, that's rebasement. Um, well, yeah, you decide if, for yourself if that's you know something that that I I bought into the Olympus and I bought into Klima at the top, you know, and now they've dropped so drastically. It, it would cost more for me to actually pull out of that and unstake um, by spending the Ethereum than it's worth. So I'm just keeping them in there and letting them continually rebase until eventually I have enough tokens where I hopefully will break even at least. Uh, or maybe the price will go up. Maybe Ohm and Klima and all this other stuff will have a resurgence in value. And, um, you know, I'll, weather, I'll have weathered through that dip. I don't know. But, uh, you know, a lot of people you know, did very badly uh, with Olympus Dow and with Wonderland and with Klima Dow and stuff like that. So uh, if you're one of those people, you know, I'm right there with you. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it just goes to show like, uh, uh, I think isn't, um, was it, isn't Luna They're They're kind of creating like a rebasing type of system, but they're backing their token also with Bitcoin as a reserve asset. Um, to prevent this type of failure that we've seen. Uh, and I'm not sure I understand all those mechanics, but um, I would listen to that new Bankless HQ episode with uh, Jose and Jordy talking about um, you know, Luna, Terra, Terra Luna, and then the whole um, Luna token and stuff like that, and uh, the UST um, stablecoin. So a really fascinating episode on Bankless HQ. I think it just came out like a week ago so i would definitely highly recommend listening to that one um there's also another in the coding world there's merging and rebasing and as you know we're going through the ethereum merge um pretty soon here um they say end of q2 probably end up being q3 but uh these are terms in coding and i don't know if you knew this but um yeah so 
Let's see here. Merging versus rebasing. So conceptual overview, the golden rule of rebasing, workflow, walkthrough. So, all right. That's the first thing to understand about git rebase is that it solves the same pro problem as git merge. Both of these commands. So these are these are git commands in, 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 in the programming world. So both of these commands are designed to integrate changes from one branch into another branch. They just do it in different ways. So this whole idea of merging you know, the, the proof of work and the proof of stake blockchains on the Ethereum is not a new idea. It's something that's been you know, happening in the computer world and, and as far as um, people working in collaborative development projects and merging different branches and code branches into each other. So consider what happens when you start working on a new feature in a dedicated branch and another team member updates the main branch with new commits. This, result, this results in a forked history which should be familiar to anyone who's used Git as a collaboration tool. So you have the two branches right here, and then you have a feature branch. All right, that's a new feature. Um, and then you're like, ah, oh, man, I didn't know you were working on that over there. So let's say the new commits in the main are relevant to the feature you're working on. To incorporate the new commits into your feature branch, you have two options, merging or rebasing. So the easiest option is to merge the main branch into the feature using something like the following, and it shows the commands. Um, and this creates a new merge commit in the feature branch that ties together the histories of both branch, giving you a branch structure that looks like that sorry and just a easy little merge merging is nice because it's a non-destructive operation the existing branches are not changed in any way and i think that's kind of what they're hoping to do with ethereum proof of work and proof of stake blockchains this avoids all the potential pitfalls of rebasing and on the other hand this also means that the feature branch will have an extraneous merge commit every time you need to incorporate upstream changes if main is very active this can pollute your features branch history quite a bit while it's possible to mitigate this issue with advanced Git log options, it can make it hard for other developers to understand the history of the project. So the rebasing option, um, this moves the entire feature of a branch to begin with on the tip of the main branch, effectively incorporating all the new commits in main, but instead of using a merge commit, rebasing rewrites the project history by creating new commits for each branch commit in the original branch, right? So the major benefit of rebasing is you get a much cleaner project history if, where that matters. Um, first, it eliminates the unnecessary merge commits required by git merge. Second, as you can see in the above diagram, rebasing also results in a perfectly linear project history. You can follow the tip of feature all the way to the beginning of the project without any forks. This makes it easier to navigate your project with commands like git log, git bisect, and git k. Uh, but there's two trade-offs for this pristine commit history of traceability and safety if you don't follow the golden rule of rebasing. Uh, rewriting project history can be potentially catastrophic for your collaboration workflow, and less importantly, rebasing loses the context provided by a merge commit. You can't see when upstream changes were incorporated into the feature. So yeah, that's rebasing in the coding world. It's not rebasing in cryptocurrency. So you know, the, the, that's the thing about it is cryptocurrency really is this kind of merging of finance into um, development, coding and development. So the two terms could possibly be used in the wrong context. And I guess my point was not here for me to sit here and teach you what merging is in the coding world, because I honestly don't understand what I just read. But the point is here is to understand that uh, um, the, the term is used in two very different ways, but kind of in a blended world. You know, so cryptocurrency is that merging of economics and finance and uh, and computer programming. So, yeah. 
Anyway, I just wanted you to be aware of that. <clears throat> All right. Well, that being said, I'm out of time. I got to get on and get on. Get on to the get on going. Get on down the highway and go do 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 no dang old thing. All right, man. So I will talk to you guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. All right. All right. Later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to eurekajohn.crypto or eurekajohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again. Thanks again.